how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're bottom. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, Did Home Alone, Rowan John Hughes' Career, The Greatest Movie Never Made, and How Jackie Chan Creates Perfection Through Failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. Anna Conkle followed a typical pursuit into acting until she and Maya Erskine, known for Plus One and Wine Country, decided to create their own web series. Now the series is on Hulu, where the duo plays middle school girls. On Pen15, the description reads, The comedic story of middle school is seen through the eyes of two 7th grade girls dealing with the awkwardness of being a teenager. In this interview, Anna talks about working on Men Seeking Women, influences from Lena Dunham, writing weird ideas, creating a non-traditional writer's room, breaking a season in just two days, and writing emotional truths in comedy. If it's your first time here, make sure to subscribe and also look for us on Instagram under Creative Principles. Well, I mean, I started community theater when in my town when I was maybe in second grade or something and loved it. And it was a really good escape from you know, my family life. And I just, yeah, I was just very drawn to it. I, I played pretend for endless hours in my room, if you can't tell from pen 15, um, which is just acting. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, I was drawn to it. And then, you know, writing was always a part of my life, but I never considered it being a professional part of my life. I never thought like I was good enough Um and, but it was, yeah, it was always there. I was always like writing a play that I didn't know how to write or, um, getting out feelings through writing and, uh, in college, well, I guess after college, uh, I was auditioning for very little. I was on like actors access and backstage and, um, barely getting auditions. And if I got a commercial audition, I was like, yes. And I finally kind of woke up and realized that that wasn't making me very happy. It wasn't why I had pursued acting in the first place. It wasn't to say one word in a commercial. Um, and that was like my biggest aspiration at the time. So anyway, I, I just had a moment of like, okay, it's time to go back to school. This hasn't gone the direction that I want to wanted it to. 
and um, I, Maya and I had been talking about writing something for a long time, and that was going to be the last hurrah of writing this web series for ourselves. Um, and it, she was very much amused and always has been, and I always wanted to write for her. And so, yeah, that was inspiration. We we produced um, a web series, wrote it, started in it to know what we were doing. And it was the kind of opening in our brains to this is something that brings happiness in a way that just acting hasn't. Um, and yeah, I, I now probably enjoy writing more than I do acting. Did you pick up things? So I know you're on a lot of shows like uh, New Girl, Marin, Shameless, a lot of great comedies, uh, you know, Baskets and, and just over the years. Did you pick up some things from these? I don't know if you saw the whole script every time or not, but what did you kind of pick up that you took into your writing and performances? I think that, to be honest, as an actor, when I, you know, finally get a role in something like my mind, um, especially in the beginning, was more on, you know, that character and less about the whole arc of the script and breaking that down. Um, I'm definitely in that mind space now. I can barely watch TV, you know, without just analyzing what is happening in like the, you know, structure. But um, yeah, I mean, I think those show, actually Maya was a series regular on this show and I played a little part, uh, Man Seeking Woman by Simon Rich. And I remember reading the pilot and just being blown away. It was the first time I read something on TV that I was just like artfully inspired by and just like, desperate to be a part of it and and that I was more aware of the arc and the structure and the you know devices that he was using to um kind of uh express the emotional journeys that the characters were going on um with the sort of like fantastical elements of it and you know I mean maybe subconsciously that was there for pen 15 with we have exaggerated moments that we use yeah. um you know to express uh how we're feeling emotionally those shows too. I think that's an FX show that you guys were on Hulu and they're kind of connected. What mm -hmm. was the transition from web to Hulu? Like how did that all kind of come about? Gosh, that was many, 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 many years. And a lot of, um, yeah, just uh, kind of the blind leading the blind in our living room. Um, the web series came out. We, you know, from that for the first time worked with an agent um, girls had, you know, was a big show at the time. And Lena Dunham was, you know, a change kind of landscape for, you know, if it was uh, marketable for women to be writing and acting in their own things. And so at the time, even though mine, I had very little experience that was very serendipitous because all of a sudden, you know, we were being looked at as a commodity, even though our web series had 800 views, you know, so it was very, that was very, very lucky. And we were being granted meetings that I think before girls, we would not have been given. Um, and someone, an executive that we met with and who I need to remember her name and thank her said to us in one of the meetings, you know, because we were coming up with ideas and telling our agents and, and their responses so often was like, that's been done or that's not marketable or whatever. And that's not like the heart of where Maya and I come from anyway. Clearly with Pen15, we're not like, yeah, this is going to, everyone's going to love this, you know? Um, so we weren't being true to our voice at all. I mean, in retrospect, and then we had this meeting and the woman was like, if you could make anything and everybody hated it, but you loved it like, what would it be? What's the weirdest dark? It, like what, you know, what would it be? And that was where, you know, 
our the idea kind of came from from the beginning was a true investment in what's the subject that we want to explore and as unpalatable as it might be to other people. Well, comedy is also very specific. That's what makes it funny. When we're trying to do this universal appeal, like they don't really even make comedies in the movies anymore. There's hardly any that come out that are not action comedy or something else. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what did it look like the idea process for this show? How do you decide the arc of the characters? How do you decide um, what do we want to talk about that might be a reference to the year 2000 and some of those things? Is, is it just like a series of notes or how do you weave these into stories and dialogue and everything else? It's been, uh, you know, a lot of learning throughout the years because not, none of us came from a traditional writer's room. So, um, you know, the, the, you know, the impetus for the show was partly that, you know, the, the lowbrow aspect of like, we're rejects and that's funny, but, and what's more rejecty than being 13, but the, you know, I guess to us, the more, the other approach was, um, this is a time that, you know, seven years ago or eight years ago, that's not being accurately represented in, you know, the media we're seeing the, aside from like indie films that we were loving, it's the, you know, shiny version. And so what, what's, what are, what's the shame and the secrets and the things that we've been taught, you know, internally not to talk about. And that's the point. Like we have so many funny stories that like, I can't tell anybody from that age because it's, you know, you know, not, it's not PC or it's not whatever. And the more we explored that, the more we kind of uncovered, like, it's not that this isn't PC or that it's not appropriate. It's just what we've been conditioned to believe that like as girls telling our own sexual stories or tweens or whatever, or it's like weird or gross or so that, that was a nice mission statement for us going into the writer's room season one and season two of like, what are the secrets? What are the shame stories? What are the things that we are told not to talk about? And so we we often begin with the more episodic lens of, um, so season one, like the, here's this masturbation story. And, um, you know, the firsts, like, you know, my first kiss and a lot of it's based on real experiences. No, my first kiss was masturbation, um, my parents divorcing, um, how they told me and kind of beginning and, and knowing a general arc, like first season that we wanted to tell the love story between Maya and Anna. And then it's kind of piecing that puzzle together of, of what is, what's the order of that? And what does that arc look like? And how do we keep the episodes moving and an episodic will still thread, you know, threading this more serialized emotional arc and the same kind of approach we used season two, but we had more emotional firsts, I think. And so a lot of the arcs we talked about more in the beginning of like, you know, being anti-mom and pro-dad and um, uh, yeah, a lot of other little kind of things that we tried to weave through. Are there other freedoms in the fact that you're not, you know, you're not, obviously you're not 13 years old. Are there other freedoms (laughs) in talking about sex coming in from that point of view that you're playing a 13 year old? Like freedom coming from that? 
Yeah, like you wouldn't, yeah. you know, like a few years ago, they made that movie Good Boys about the like nine year old kids. You, you oh, yeah. So, to some degree, you don't want them doing some of that stuff. That's right. like almost like more cringy. Do you guys see some yeah. freedom in the fact that you're stepping into the 13 year olds' characters? I mean, there's definitely freedom from an acting point of view of just like, you know, my character, I love Maya's character so much. My character is like so optimistic and naive and gets to approach every, you know, fucked up situation. Like it's going to be the best day of her life. And there's something really fun about that. And Maya's character, I'd say is like more anxious, but like always clowning and always like doing whatever she can for like a little bit of attention and just loving Anna so much and, and the friendships, the backbone of, of each other. So that's really fun. You know, I think the thing that's exciting is telling the stories that are sexual and they're always intimidating to tell, I think. So it's not like, Oh, this freeing feeling, you know, we're always talking over and over and over about like, what's the correct way to tell this story, what's necessary, what's not you know, directorially, are we, you know, we'll, we'll often like that all will weave into the writer's room really. And even being the script. So when Hulu reads it, they're not like, ah, how's this going to go? Like we often put the directorial notes in the script um, to kind of, yeah, just paint the picture. Um, but, you know, I think the difference of like the Nickelodeon shows that been being told obviously about being 13 it's it's there's yeah an internalized shame about I mean you're not going to put this on Nickelodeon but about sexuality and girls specifically and I think that you know when I even think back to year 2000 and the movies that we were watching that were funny then like something about Mary there's like come in her hair and like that's funny and boners were always funny and da, da, da. so the more that we unpack that stuff of like wait this has been guy sexuality has been funny forever. Like why can't women's be and girls, even boys, like we're funny. Like why can't we be that too? And why does it have to just be like sad or sexy, you know? Um, and certainly, you know, we weren't going to, that's not really relevant to like 13 year olds, but what is, is just a sexual awakening and that being important, funny, real, you know, and I think a lot of girls and women have been made to feel that like they're the only one with that secret. And so it's been really cool to share. And Maya's been so incredible sharing because it's a lot of people coming out being like, that was me too. I thought I was the only one. So it's pretty crazy. Where do you guys see? So I know these are not like exactly, you know, you as 13 or that type of thing, but where yeah. do you see the um, exaggerations? Because if you're just writing about teenagers, things are heightened. That's why there's teen soap operas and that kind of thing. That is the way a lot of them kind of think. How do you kind of see it like, does, do you ever go to a point where this is maybe too much? How do you kind of decide some of those things? Yeah. I mean, I think the the risk with our show has been from the beginning that it's like a sketch and it feels more comfortable, to be honest, playing the characters in a bigger way and really like doing it for the joke and doing it, you know, just playing caricatures of being 13, hmm. but the goal was always to do it as authentically as possible. And we loved like welcome to the dollhouse by Todd salons and things more in that tone where everything is just so grounded and it's in those in the groundedness that 
the, you know, the disturbing moments then bleed into what's really funny because it feels so truthful and real. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's where, you know, Sam, Maya, um, were my sensibility all lined up and we wanted to, you know, just try to be really true to how it was and maybe how it still is. How has maybe now that you've done a couple seasons in the web series, how has the visual comedy changed? Like, how do you rely on each other to add that to the screenplays? And how do you like, I think you probably have more confidence now that this is going to be funny. This is going to work. What's your kind of experience with the visual parts? I mean, to be honest, I, I very rarely feel like, you know, this is going to work or this is going to be funny. You know, we, we, I'm, I've said this before, but I tend to be the one in the movie theater. That's like laughing alone at the wrong time. Like when no one else is laughing. So, and that's happened watching pen 15 and screenings too, where, you know, I hear people be like, Ooh, and I'm hysterically laughing at Maya or something. Um, so yeah, it's never quite like, this is going to be a home run or if it is, I feel like you're screwed. You know, if you, if you're like, this is going to be amazing and never is. Um, but physical comedy wise, I mean, I really feel like there's kind of an ESP with me and Maya and it's definitely in our physicality as well. And how, you know, 13 year olds are sort of like attached to each other and, you know, assuming each other's body language or assuming the body language of someone, you know, you see on the street that you think is cool, that's older. Um, and you know, you are assuming the same thing, but you're messing it up and looking dorky along the way. Like it's just endless with, with that age of physically what you're, what you're doing and, and basically I think what you think you're emulating and what you're actually emulating are two very different things. And I think that's where like a ton of the comedy comes from. It's really fun for us to, to play with that. So you mentioned kind of Lena, Lena Dunham and and girls kind of opened the door. Who else did you, like when you grew up watching actresses and comedy, who did you kind of look to for some of that inspiration? To be honest, I like TV was not, um, I watched like Seinfeld and the Simpsons and like things with my dad at night, but in general, there wasn't, and I mean, those are both incredible and were definitely, you know, went into my psyche, but I didn't, I wasn't exposed to a lot of women in comedy for sure. Um, my family, like we barely went to the movies. Um, you know, it was, if we got a movie, it was from the library and my mom usually picked it out and it was some like weird foreign film that I had to watch with her. Um, so I can't say that there was, you know, one, one influence, but I think two of the biggest influences have been my parents. They're both, um, very, very funny. They're not, I mean, they're not really accurate to the characters in the show, unlike Maya's parents. And I mean, one is literally her real mom. So obviously it's pretty accurate, but I think hers, you know, remained more true. And the divorce storyline is true for me, but the characters themselves are quite different. My parents um, are even bigger characters and very funny, very dark senses of humor bizarre, you know, trajectories of thought. Most of the time I was very embarrassed growing up all the time. by them. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think if anything, they were kind of the biggest inspirations in terms of, and they, but they're both kind of writers, like hobbyist writers. Um, they were kind of the biggest inspirations to me creatively. 
do you do anything with, with some of these ideas? Like, do you have a notebook that you kind of look back to? If you have an idea when you're not in a writing phase, what might you do with it? Yeah, I have, I tend to have huge notebooks that I carry around with me and just write random thoughts in, or, you know, my notes app on my phone, I just kind of will plug in like, you know, episode ideas or something. And a lot of them that's been really helpful over time. is just kind of going back and being like, Oh, that actually was a good idea. I can't believe I thought of that. What's your, what's some of the logistics of your writing process? Are you guys in the same room always? How does that kind of work with, with the comedy? Yeah. I mean, for pen 15, um, the beginnings begins together always, um, especially the brainstorming in the beginning of like, what are the episode ideas that we want to share? What are our secrets, our shame? And they go on cards on the wall typically. And then, um, and then we'll, uh, kind of pursue a series arc after a season arc after that and start to, you know, play with the order of the episodes and bring in the, the emotional arcs, um, and figure out like, what is the, the climax of the emotional arc? We tend to break things more psychologically with the characters versus plot. We've realized over time and kind of just truly following the emotional, truth as best we can that we could kind of deduce from where they're coming from and where they're going like what needs to happen in between honestly to believe that these characters are getting from a to z you know um and yeah we're all in the room for that and then we will kind of loosely break it break story on the whiteboard all together um that can be many many days um especially if we're having trouble generally i think in our last schedule we had like two days to break every episode and then we'll generally, we'll sometimes one person will take, you know, the, the, just the general breakdown of the episode and do an outline individually and bring it back to the room. And then we'll all approach, reapproach the outline together or m- more than not, we're doing the outline together in the room. It just kind of depends. Um, Maya and I would tend to take the outlines like, and, and kind of go off on our own. Um, and then, and then, yeah. And then everyone takes their script by themselves and eventually comes back and, and my and Sam and I will kind of finish them off. It sounds like some of the, the comedy plus the truth. I mean, that obviously girls did that as well. Anything really Judd Apatow is kind of attached to seems, mm-hmm. seems to do a version of that. Is there like a hierarchy of like, if something doesn't work, if there's an example you can think of, is it because what's well, funny, but it's not true to character or mm-hmm. this is good, but do you kind of see it in the same way. Yeah. I, I, that really resonates that it's funny, but it's not true to character is the biggest, you know, there's certain actually speaking of like what you think is going to be funny in a home run. There are a couple of things that happened in the last um, seven episodes that are coming out. Um, and where we absolutely died in the writer's room, like fell to our knees that this is going to be the funniest shit in the world. And it wasn't on screen because, and we're, I'm trying to, we're trying to figure that out in editing, right now, but like, cause it wasn't honest enough, you know? And I think that some things that, that works, but my favorite stuff and what works in pen 15 is the more brutally honest it is and the less punchlines, but the, in the brutal honesty, there's a lot of humor. And I think most of the funniest things come from that. So if we're true to that, it usually, it usually works. Is that so like you're still working on it, but is that normally just like a deep dive? You just talk it through and keep asking why and get deeper and deeper. Is that kind of how you see that? In posts. 
or like if you're trying to edit something that is not quite there like are you yeah. trying to yeah yeah we don't we it's it's more instinctual i'd say i mean there's it's more the emotional arcs and stuff that we can get really lost in discussing and analyzing like why is this working or why is it not or should we you know cut this at five seconds or seven seconds like we can get really in the weeds with that stuff to be honest um the comedic things I think are more, you know, the instincts that, that we're just going on of like, oh, that's not working. Can you cut this? Can you try this? Let's look through, you know, all the footage and start this beat over, or let's cut it all together. Cause one of the worst feelings to us, I think is a comedic beat. That's not funny. I think we'd rather have like a more serious episode than jokes that feel like not really there for us. You guys thinking about the edit in mind as an, as an actress, are you coming in like, let's do this like a couple of different ways. Like how many, how much choices do you want to give yourself later for the edit? I think if we had a bigger budget and more time, like, yeah, what we, the, the ideal was always getting as many takes as possible and trying it as many different ways. And definitely, you know, in post we experience you know, not having the button that you want to close the scene or, you know, not doing enough takes. I mean, that's, it's like, I wish we did it one more time or five more times or 10 more times. Um, But then there's certain scenes where you watch and you, you know, Maya and I would be like, we need another take, we need another take. And, and it's, it was there the first time, you know, so you don't always have an accurate handle on it, but yeah, you just kind of, you just kind of vibe it out and, and hope that, you're going to get it right, but you never really, I never really know at least. Are there any big misconceptions about writing comedy for television? I mean, I'm so not the person to ask because I feel like our comedy is, you know, people call it a tromedy and it's weird and it's not, you know, I look at other comedies and I'm blown away at what people are doing and how they're doing it. I'm, you know, we're not joke writers. We're not, we're, we're, and I don't know if we had to, how that would turn out. Um, I don't know if it's a misconception about comedy, but for pen 15, you know, most of the humor we've been saying this, but comes out of, you know, just the truth of the moment. So there's not as much laughing I'd say in our room, unfortunately, as there is, you know, just sharing secrets and stuff that you didn't really want to think about again. And that's where a lot of the comedy comes from for us. So I usually ask like if you have any advice for people kind of coming up in the industry, but I'm assuming your advice might be to go make a version of it. So if we're following that, what are some of the benefits of just delivering like a finished idea as opposed to a script or a couple of jokes or whatever? Like what are the benefits of like, here's exactly what we mm-hmm. think it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's upsides and downsides. The The downside is obviously you've made what you think it should be. And it's easier for places to be like, well, that's not what I imagined it to be that, you know, I'm, I don't, I liked the idea, but I don't like the execution or whatever. And, you know, listen, Hulu was the only place that wanted to buy the show. It wasn't like super competitive. And now you'll hear you know, networks being like, oh, we should, we loved that. We, we wish we had that. We're like, you had the opportunity. You didn't even want to hear the pitch. Um, so, you know, from that standpoint, it's like definitely there, there are pros and cons, but I think the, the biggest pro and what we're seeing right now with lots of creators that are acting and making their own stuff 
is you don't have to ask permission because this industry is just endless permission and waiting and, um, you know, and, and not favor asking, but assembling a team and a group and relying on a lot of other people to say yes and see your vision in order to make something. And that's a beautiful thing about theater, about, you know, on screen things is like, it takes a village, but I will say that that can be, if you don't have that village, that can be a really slow process. So there was something um, so wonderful about just making something ourselves. And, and also I think if you have an off center point of view, if you have a voice that's not being heard, if you, you know, have ideas that maybe the majority of people aren't understanding or getting or acknowledging the importance of, it's even more important that you do it yourself because you might not get enough people to be like, I'm on your team. I'm going to do this with you. I believe in you. They might not get it. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not worth making. And I think that that was the strength that Maya and I found in each other was like being each other's cheerleaders and getting each other's vision, even when other people didn't get it. Um, and Sam too. And, and so, yeah, I think there's something about making it yourself as pushing forward a voice that, and you don't have to wait for permission for somebody else to push it forward or say that it's worthwhile. Um, then you have to try after you make it to, you know, but, but like at the end of the day with pen 15, we had a little mantra of like, if nobody wants this, we'll figure out a way to make it. We'll save our own money. We'll, you know, maybe that's a short film or a movie or whatever, but this is a story that needs to be told. Um, so that was really a really helpful point of view for us. I think. Thank you for tuning in to the show. If it's your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit my new website for information on the YouTube channel, the blog, the podcast, and my new book, Ink by the Barrel, which takes advice from these 200 plus interviews and more at brockswinson.com. You'll see the link in the show notes. Thanks again.